Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. to worship him with one voice this morning. In 1 Chronicles 5.20, it says they cried out to God during the battle. He heard them and he answered their prayers because they trusted in him. This morning, my encouragement is cry out to God. Put your trust in him as you walk through this battle. He hears you this morning. 
on, give a shout of praise to Jesus. Come on, that belongs to God. Man, well, good morning. Thank you for being in the house. My name is Pastor Sean. I know so many guys here are new today, and I want to say thank you for being here. Can you guys give everybody who's new today here cheer on? Well, today is a very special day for a life of so many families and their kids. This is Child Dedication Sunday. And let me tell you why it's so important. There's a verse in Psalm 127.3. It says, your children, you hear them now, are a heritage from the Lord. That Our, our kids are just a gift from God. And God's just given our kids that for us to steward and to model and to show them what it's like to follow Jesus. And uh, today it's just amazing to watch families and parents and grandparents and just kids just being given back to God. Like, God, what's, what's, what's yours isn't mine. It's yours, and I've given it to you. And so you're going to experience something very special today, especially for these families. But I want you guys to participate as well as you see these families come up. I want you to be praying for these families, pray blessing on these families. Uh, these are not perfect families, amen? They look just like mine, really messed up. Come on. But I'm telling you, God just uses that and all his imperfections. And we get to model as parents what forgiveness looks like and hope looks like and mercy and grace and how to love and all these things. And so today's a really significant story in their life. And, and uh, God tells us how to do this. He models for this in the Bible. And it's found in 1 Samuel, the story of Hannah dedicating her son Samuel. So 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 27 says this, says, I, Hannah, prayed for this child. And um, after long days and long nights with your kids, maybe they're even older, maybe your grandparents, it's oftentimes we forget that we prayed for this blessing. And God blessed us with our children, whether they're adopted or whatever, God has given us our kids. And God answers the prayer for Hannah. And he says, and the Lord has granted me what I asked for. And the name Samuel is really, really a significant name because the word Samuel actually means ask by God. She cried to God, and this is an answer to prayer. And so for her, it was really easy to give Samuel back to God because she recognized this is a gift from God. So verse 28 says, so now I give him, give Samuel to the Lord. For his whole life, he'll be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped them there with the Lord. It's amazing that we get an opportunity as parents and maybe didn't grow up in a Christian home. I know I didn't. But maybe as first-generation Christians or maybe as a continuing-generation Christian, that we can set time aside and say, you know what? This is my life's all about. Like, this is a moment of surrender, of open hands, to say I'm giving my child to you for the next 18 years. I'm just a steward. I'm a manager. I'm an overseer of what God is doing in life for my kids. So what we're going to do, we're going to invite our families up here in a second. And uh, I want you to cheer them on big. Come on, man. This is a big day for them. I want you to get behind them, though. Love them. Come on, give it up for them now. Just get them going. Big day. All this right. is what it says. And Diane's going. Wow. Hey, I thought he said Don't give her a mic. She's ready to preach. That's right. You're going to preach my message today? Yep. Okay, cool. Proverbs 22 6 says, Start off your children the way they should go. When they're old, they shall not depart from it. And that's kind of your prayer as a parent. Now, obviously, it doesn't always work out. And there's seasons where things are this, but. Wisdom says the majority of the time, you're gonna show your kid what it's like in your marriage, how to love each other, and they're gonna grow from you. Man, I love this hug over here. I know the story, so that's significant. But it's so cool as God will work in your kid's life, you just get this moment in time. You get like those 18 summers, come on, that's hard to think about, and then they're off, and you, you get to be the picture of Jesus for them. As a matter of fact, how Jesus grew people was uh, his disciples, he immersed them with them. I mean, he just said, follow me, and for three and a half years, if, if he was roofing a house, if he was healing somebody, if he was praying, they just caught on. Because more is caught than taught. And as he does the same thing with you as a parent. He just puts them in your life, and they're just picking up what you're putting down. And so they don't have to teach your kid how to talk. They start talking. They pick up on the culture. And so today it's like a dedication. Like, I'm going to be, they're going to have some spiritual culture in my family. 
know you picked up some things from Jesus from my life. I'm not going to like let that pass by. I'm going to get my Bible out. I'm going to pray. I'm going to have spiritual conversations. I'm going to lead them. So it's a really significant day. So I'm going to turn it over to Diane. She's ready. So That's right. Do it, baby. You got it. Do what? You can do that. Okay. Go you guys for can it. have a seat. Um, so first we have Kale Douglas Morlock. So if you guys would come on Trouble. up with Kale. Kale was born on March 6, 2019. His parents are Zeb and Rochelle Morlock. Um, and when we asked them what led you to dedicate your child today, they said making the decision to dedicate Kale was something that got put on hold due to COVID, um, as with a lot of these little ones today and some of the older ones. But at first we were sad, but then we were finally excited to be dedicating him, not just to show an action that we want to do our best to raise him in a home where he'll know Jesus, but we stand today in front of a church that we now call home. We're excited to see what God has in store for Kale, and not only that, but how real life will be able to play a big part in his journey to discovering who Jesus is and finding his purpose. Kale was actually named after a character from one of his dad's favorite fantasy movies called Willow. Um, and they say that he keeps us on our toes. He is a loving and caring boy. If he sees anyone sad, he gives them hugs. He loves on them. He loves going on adventures with mommy and daddy and Lainey and kayaking and hiking and climbing and biking. He has just a few words, but he always makes sure that his presence is known. And they are praying that um, Kale will see the beauty in all things in life, that no matter what, that his family is proud of him and that he'll see opportunities to love on someone each day. So let's give it up for Kale and his family. Next, we have Malia Grace Loveland. She was born February 3rd, 2019. Um, her parents are Kayla and Bradley. Um, they said they wanted to dedicate their children today to know um, and actively seek a relationship with God as they continue to grow. And so dedicating them is a big part of that story. They said her middle name is Grace, inspired by her simple elegance and the favor of God. And they love her personality and sense of humor. They're praying that she'll be happy and healthy in all she does and to know God. And they're also coming with Grayson Levi Loveland, who was born on July 11th, 2020. So we have all of these fun COVID babies who are just getting to come. But Kayla and Bradley also, um, parents. And same thing, they want Grayson to also know and seek that relationship with God. His middle name, Levi, is actually significant because it's a family name that's been passed down from his dad's side and is also the middle name of his great-grandpa and uncle. So they're excited about that family name. He is a total mama's boy and loves swimming and eating. Who doesn't? Um, and they are praying for him to be happy and healthy and to know God at a young age. So let's give it up for Grayson and Malia. Next, we have Ivalee Mae Gaither, and we are going to fill up this stage full of babies today. So get excited and get those cameras out, grandmas, because they're going to do lots of funny things. It's going to be awesome. Um, but Ivalee was born on April 7th, 2020. Um, her parents are Micaiah Cannon and Christian Gaither. And they specifically wanted to dedicate Ivalee today because they said Jesus has walked alongside our family for generations. It was a blessing to dedicate our oldest daughter three years ago, and now we are here again and so excited. Um, they actually made Ivalee's name by com combining the names Ivy and Lee. Um, they were considering a middle name, but May was the great-grandma's middle name, so they wanted to keep that family name as well. They said Ivalee has a kind heart. She loves taking care of babies, kissing boo-boos, and giving huge snuggles, and they're praying that she will be safe and healthy always, and that she'll be brave and confident. So let's give it up for Ivalee and her parents. Next, we have Daxton Hayes Beauvais. 
and he is going to be joined with his sisters too. Um, Daxton was born on September 22nd, 2020, um, to his parents, Matt and Tina Beauvert. Um, and Tina shared that Matt and I weren't super strong in our faith, but we knew we wanted to raise our kids to know God and to raise them in church. And this is something we wanted to do, but we didn't really have a church home when we were living in North Carolina. So they thought it really fitting to dedicate him now that they are back home at real life. Um, Matt actually came up with the name Daxton. He showed it to Tina, and they just loved it. And they looked up and saw that it meant um, a warrior who conquers great obstacles. And so they knew at that moment, with the meaning of it, that that was going to be the name for him. Something unique about Dax is he's got three thumbs. This is always a fun one. But um, truly praying that um, all of their children but will grow up to be godly, understanding, kind-hearted humans who never look down on anybody and that they'll always look for opportunities to help someone. And Dax is joined by his older sister, Mackenzie Ryan Beauvert, who's up here today too. Um, she was born on March 19, 2018. Um, and they said about her name, they really just liked it. They went on a three-hour drive, spent an hour and a half going back and forth about names and then kind of made a decision and then it just settled in there. Um, Mackenzie might be small, but she has no problem holding her own, and they actually used to have to apologize for her when she would meet new people because she would just sit and mean mug them, which I think I've been the recipient of her mean mug. It is, it's powerful. Um, and then last but certainly not least is Alexis Quinn Easley, their oldest sister who was born on October 12th, 2016. Um, her name was picked just because you wanted something different, but she loves to dance. She has a big heart. I know she is a great big sister um, to her littles. And so overall, just praying that these little ones will grow up to be godly, looking for ways to help and love on others and grow up in the church. So let's give it up for all three of them. Next, we have Danny Bray. And I'm excited about this because we didn't call it a baby dedication, but a child dedication. Um, because I don't think there's any wrong time to say that we're committed as a family to following Jesus and wanting to put that into our children. Um, and so she's joined here by her parents. Um, and they shared, as a lifelong sinner, I was taught from a young age about Jesus. That he died for me. And um, Dan has shared with us that he strayed away from God, you know, not being fully willing to surrender, but has really come back to God. Um, and the story of the prodigal son is kind of driving him and rededicating his life to be closer to Jesus. And so he just wants to be a model of how to follow Jesus for Danny. He said, the name Danielle was just always a name they thought was a beautiful name. And something special about Danny is that she's extremely charismatic and sensitive to the needs of others, even animals. And at a young age, she just has a heart following after God. Um, they're praying that she'll grow up um, with applying Christian morals to her personality and that she can fully surrender to Jesus as she learns and understands to apply the gifts that God has given her as she grows up. So let's give it up for Danny and her parents. Ah, I lost one. There we go. Um, and last we have Lyric Rose Taylor, not last, but her and her brother. Um, Lyric was born on October 27th, 2016 to Jared and Rose Taylor. Um, their prayer for both of their kiddos is that they grow up knowing, loving, and serving God. They say we're committed to building a firm foundation of God's truth for our kids and showing them what it means to love like Jesus. They said there was not a single significant thing about the name for Lyric, except for her middle names or mom's name, so that's kind of significant. Um, 
but Lyric is awesome, and she loves to pray for people who are sick or hurt. She also loves to remind her parents that she loves them, but she loves God the most, so that is very awesome. Um, and they're just praying that Lyric and her brother Theo will grow up loving and serving God wholeheartedly. Um, and last, we have Theo Lee Taylor, who joins them. He was born on November 11th, 2020, so getting ready to have a birthday to Jared and Rose. Um, and Theo's name is significant to them. They found the name early and that they liked it, but when they looked up the name, it actually meant a gift from God. And Theo is their rainbow baby after they had shared some significant losses. And so it was really important once they found that meaning that Theo was able to be that gift from God after that loss. And he also shares his middle name with his dad, Grandpa and uncle. Um, something unique about Theo is he was the first documented maternal assisted C-section. So if you're interested in that, Rose will tell you about it and Jared will share a video. Um, but overall, they're really praying and hoping that their kids grow up loving and serving God with their whole heart. And so they brought them to be dedicated today. So let's give it up to all of these families who are making that decision to dedicate their children to God today. Man, this is such a special day. You're going to see everything go crazy up here. It's going to be awesome. Um, it's part of being a parent. It's fun. I had the first gathering, my kid licked my face for five minutes, so it was cool. Um, but what we want to do is do something very special. I'm going to invite um, some of the people in our church that have kind of picked out in advance to come up here. So go and make your way up here. We're going to pray over you guys uh, during a song. So if you guys scoot up a little bit, we'll squeeze in behind you. And there's something special that happens when uh, we pray over somebody. Just like the words you have. It's different when somebody's, I'm praying for you when somebody actually speaks a word over your life. And so you get to hear like what they're believing for you and what they're saying for you. And so uh, I hope this is a real significant moment for you as parents. And uh, we're not just dedicating children today, we're dedicating families. And this is a moment for you guys to participate in well, so, as well. So I invite you guys to stand on your feet. Uh, we're gonna worship in a song called The Blessing. And when the song starts, I want you guys just to start praying for your family, your friends, and what you, people you sit here, kids sit here, and ask God to bless their life. And uh, we're gonna pray behind you. And uh, I don't know, you guys can be around as you do it. So, and the kids are ready to pray. Come on. So we're going to kick this off. So time to go. All right. So this song, The Blessing, is really special because it was actually taken directly out of a passage in Numbers 6 where God told Moses, he said, every time you meet together in the temple, I'm going to have Aaron and the leaders of worship in the place remind them to do this prayer. Because every time you speak it over somebody, then I promise to give them that blessing. And so we want to be a part today. This is a moment for all of us to lean in and to be this blessing over these families as they are dedicating their children to Jesus. So be participative. Be ready to just boost these little ones into the next generation for Jesus.
So the next words of this bridge are actually part of that passage. And so I'd like to invite you as real life, as our family and friends, if you would just lift up your hands to pray these words over these families and these little ones. May his favor be upon you and the thousand generations and your family and your children and their children, their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children, their children. May his favor be upon Father, we unite together in prayer, God, that you would bless these families. God, I pray a hedge of protection around each of these relationships, each of these marriages, God. I pray that we, our picture of marriages would be a picture of Christ's love for the church. God, when people see us, God, they see you. And I pray that we'd show grace and mercy and forgiveness to each other and our children could model from us what it is to know and follow Jesus. I pray we teach our children how to pray how to read the Bible, more importantly, how to know your voice, God, how to follow you, God, how to say no and how to say yes to the things of God, how to walk away from the culture and how to walk towards you, God, I pray that you would use these families, 
God, to shape a generation. This is a generational prayer. This isn't a prayer that just changes today. This is a prayer that changes generation upon generation. And so I pray a blessing, God, not just on this generation, but their children and their children's children and their children's children's children, that we redirect and change the trajectory of a whole family tree today. And maybe some habits that aren't getting passed down that we've taken away and some new Jesus habits that we're putting in. And so today I pray that our children be like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So the Bible says that you've given us our children and our crew is full. And that we have these children to shoot out into the darkness, to shine the light in the people's lives. God, I pray that you raise our children up as generational leaders for the cause of Christ. That they carry on the things that they know are true. That they'd have the compass of true north. They'd have a relationship with you, Jesus. They follow you and find you and preach you and lead this next generation, God, that we're just stewards in this season. So today we just give our children back to you with open hands and open hearts. God, we follow you and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Come on. Amen. Let them know that God's for them, we're for them. That was a significant moment. And I want to say thank you for listening to God. The Bible says in Psalm 127, 1, it says, unless the Lord builds a house, the laborers labor in vain. And so we can do this wrong, and you guys are choosing to do this right. And so we're just thankful for you guys being surrendered to him, and I pray that you guys would walk towards God. We're for you. We're behind you. We prayed this over you. And so we love you guys. Man, give it up one more time. Let them know we love them. Come on. I know these parents are like, my kids are crazy. It's all good. So, hey, you guys, you guys, eggs off the stairs. Be careful going down. Man, love you guys. Awesome. Man, God's doing something incredible this morning. Amen. Do you feel it? Man, what a beautiful morning. We're just so pumped that you are here today. Those of you that are out here just supporting these awesome kids on stage, man, maybe you haven't been to church in a while, maybe it's the first time here at Real Life, welcome. We are just so honored that you're here today. But before we do anything else, let's recognize another 
just awesome group of people. They're called Real Life Church Online. Can we give it up big? Can we make the online crew feel welcome today? Yeah, so Real Life Church Online, if you didn't know, they're an amazing group of people that worship with us. They're worshiping with you right now, completely online, not just in Bell, not just in Raymore, but actually all over the state, all over the country, and even people checking in from all over the world. Man, God is doing some incredible, incredible things, and we're just so pumped to have them. So if you're online watching us live, so glad you're here. Interact in the comments, so up those likes and those hearts, and we're honored to worship with you here today. And you know what? I am equally stoked to be worshiping with you live here at Kentucky Trail. Welcome to Real Life Church. Smile at someone and then have a seat. Just a quick smile and an even quicker seat. No pressure, though. Man, what better Sunday than Child Dedication Sunday? We are so pumped you're here. As you see on the slide, you know, we truly believe that your story has significance. And the beautiful thing about today is we got to see a bunch of stories getting started right here today. As we as a church, we commit to pray over these kids and these awesome families are, are just raising them to know Jesus. Man, what a beautiful, beautiful thing. I'm so glad to be a part of that this morning that you got to be here today. Hey, if you're brand new at Real Life Church, let me say welcome. We are honored to have you today. And I just want to encourage you, if you're online, to click the link that you're seeing now. And if you're brand new and you're here in the room today, I encourage you to get your phone out and text RLNEW to 97000. And when you do that, a member of our connection team will just reach out to you at some point this week and just check in on you. We just want to see how your Sunday morning went and answer any questions that you might have about Real Life Church. And maybe more importantly than all that, we just want to see how can we be praying for you and your family this week. It's our honor to have you here. I pray you'll do that. And I also want to say, don't leave here today. Don't go out those doors if you're brand new without stopping by our new here booth. It's right out here in our hub. It's huge. You can't miss it. It says new here in big red letters. And we have a small gift for you as just our way of saying sincerely, thanks for being here with us today. We're just pumped to worship with you. Well, hey guys, a little bit more about Real Life Church. If you didn't know, Real Life Church is a church on a mission. And that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And don't get it wrong, Sunday mornings are a big part of that. But really, the way we kind of interpret this is, you know, this is what happens when we walk out those back doors and we go out into our communities. We go to work tomorrow. We go to, we say hey to our neighbors this afternoon. It's the people in our lives that are close to us and far from God. We know that God has a plan for their lives and it's our honor to reach those people. I just wanna, my prayer for you today, if you're not currently on mission at a different church, if you're currently not on mission with us here at Real Life, man, I just pray that you will seek God this week and see what would that look like if you dove in head first, if you got planted, in a Bible-believing, God-honoring church, man, that just wants to reach people, what would happen if you played a part of that story? I could tell you what happened. I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert. God's going to use you beyond your wildest dreams, and he's got a plan for you. But I pray that my prayer is this. This is no pressure. This is no sales pitch. My prayer is that you will just pray. You'll just seek God about that, what he has for you to do to make a huge difference. Awesome. Well, guys, we've got a brand new series today, super exciting. Sean's going to lead us in a great message up here you see called The Blessed Life. And, you know, we think about these things in our life that we're constantly seeking. 
We're looking for joy. We're looking for peace. We're looking for wholeness. We're looking for healing. And, and these things are, some, if we're lucky, we can find some of these things. But we know it's, it's not always easy. And some of these things are kind of out of our grasp. You know, how do we find the blessed life? What do we do? Is it, is it through yoga? Is it through meditation? Is it through that, that trendy podcast that we've been listening to this week? Actually, guys, I'm here to tell you, it's not found in any of those like places we would normally think. It's actually found in a place inside of us that we often greatly underestimate. That's our generosity. So I want to welcome to the stage Pastor Sean Petra. He's going to bring us a great word today about how our generosity plays a huge impact and takes us to the blessed life. Will you give it up for Pastor Sean Petrie? Come on, church. Just give it to Jesus, you know. Man, love you guys. Man, what an awesome day already. Come on. I think I should money's worth today already. I feel like I got it, man. I feel blessed, you know. Uh, just so much going on. And uh, last week, I got a chance to look over some of the heart and soul uh, footage. If you went to Heart and Souls this night, we celebrate big and, um, man, just like family, you know. And I got some chance to look at some footage. We're going to play a little clip later. And my heart was just blessed. Man, just blessed to have an amazing team and what God has done here, starting with really a dream in our hearts and four years ago and then see what God has done. It's been incredible. And I don't know if you're feeling blessed today. Like, you see these kids and these families. You're like, man, I look at my marriage. I'm like, man, I'm just so blessed. Just blessed to have the kind of marriage. Or maybe, maybe you, you look at your kids. Maybe your kids weren't up here or they're older or whatever. But you're like, man, just blessed to have my family. I know for some of you, maybe you look at your car, and it's, even though it's got like a Christmas tree full of lights on it, you're just feeling a little blessed today. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like just It's duct tape in Jesus, right? And you look at your house like, this isn't my forever house. Maybe it is. But you're like, man, I'm so thankful. I just feel blessed today. Or maybe your job, you're like, this isn't my favorite job, but I'm blessed to have this job. Amen. I mean, you just look around you, like, man, I just feel blessed. And that's where I feel like today, that there's just so much blessing we miss what God has blessed us with. And so maybe you're in a spot, you're like, really feel blessed. So who say I'm blessed today? Put your hand there. Say I'm blessed. Man, who say I'm so, you have too blessed to be stressed? Who said that? You know what I'm talking about. I'm just, you come up and preach this message too. You and Diane get together, do like a little duo. It'll be amazing, right? Man, I just can't even hold any more blessings. I'm so blessed, right? Things nobody said, you know, because just give me another blessing, right? But today is a four-part series, just the beginning of it. And it's a really a foundational kind of piece. And so, so I think it's a trajectory-changing kind of series. Like today is just kind of launch you, this the beginning of a new path, a new way of thinking about what it is to really follow God. And what it is that God has really given us and what he's calling us to do with our lives. I mean, today was a great picture of generosity. I mean, these moms, these parents, like giving their kids back to God. What's mine is yours, God. I'm giving it to you. What a great picture of what it's like to be surrendered to Jesus in that moment of like, you know, I'm at peace with that. Not, that. not everything's perfect, but God, you're in the middle of it. And so today, we're going to start with a verse. It's found in John 10. 10. It's a very famous verse. It says, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus has come, that you may have life and have it to the full. You have life to the full. Like, to the brim. Like, it's topped off. Like, it's the best life. Like, it's a full life. It's a life full of joy. It's not a grumpy life. It's not a stressed out life. A life full of worry and anxiety. It's not a life you just make it to Friday. Like, it's mega through the week. It's not a life you're, like, waiting for the next season. It's like, no, he wants you to have the full life. We're called the blessed life today. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. If you didn't believe that, you're, you're a sinner. Just kidding. I'm blessed. For a lot of us, we'd say, man, this isn't the blessed life. This is a stressed life. 
We're waiting for the next blessing, right? Like, man, once I graduate school or once the kids get out of diapers, come on. <laughs> so blessed. Like, you know, wait, you know, my house smells like a dirty trash can. Like, you know, man, what's going on? Or for a lot of us, and this statistically says, we would feel blessed if our salaries doubled. Come on. Just put a times two past that. Like, that's why I know my life will be successful. And if you're really selfish, you're like, just Put a zero at the end, right? Just add no zero, right? Uh, I mean, I'll be blessed when all the lights go out on my dash. It's all just lit up. And you see that light come on, like, ching, $2,000, like, just another 2000 What do you call your car, Dan? Just a money pit? Money pit. But it's a nice-looking money pit, that's for sure. I like that. I mean, coveting after your stuff right now. Man. But, you know, you can't wait to graduate school. I, I tell you something that we're waiting for, just like the next season the next Chiefs season. Come on, somebody. Just like, oh, I don't know about this one, right? Like, now some of you diehard fans are like, don't you quit on me. Like, hey, I've seen the stats, bro. Like this, I love my Chiefs, dude. I love my Chiefs, but mm, mm. But so many of us, God has called us, man, to be a blessing in this season, but we're just waiting for the blessing in the next and missing what God wants to do through our life today. Do you know what your number one marriage fight's about? Money. And we're, we're church, we can't talk about the other one. There's kids here. Right? But there's so, much, there's so much stress in our marriage because of money. Anybody know a workaholic? Put your hand here if you know a workaholic. It's fine. They're not here. They're working. Come on. They're down there. <laughs> yeah, that's a joke. You guys, you're with me, right? Um, you guys are, maybe you know somebody who's worried or stressed out. Like their whole life, is just, it's just a, a prophecy of negative, right? You don't want anybody like that. Don't raise your hand because it's maybe there, right? And I'm looking at you guys. You're looking like a good crew today. Like smile, laugh. You've got so much energy. I can feel it. Just, I mean, all over the place. You guys are look good in the crowd. I'm telling you, it's just so much joy and peace, right? But there's some of you I've been watching. Just a little bit up on stage here, right? And uh, it's, it's got a little worry in you. It's really just the person to your right, okay? Just look at the person to your right. Yeah, it's just, yeah, cross the house. Like, it, it's a little straight. You know, if you're a little serious. And we're talking about generosity today, and you're like, Hmm, Pastor going to go there right now? He's going to talk about money? He's going to talk about money? And you guys went like this. You're like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Now look at your neighbor and tell him. Just get some stress off of him. Tell him, hey, Pastor is not going to ask for your money today. You can take your hand off your wall and purse. Come on, let him know that. Let him know Pastor not ask for money. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Just get that off. Man, this place has got way lighter in the room, didn't it? Like, yeah, thank God. I love this church. Not ask for anything. Oh, man, but I can tell you something. I will ask for something. I believe God's going to ask for something that's far more significant and far more dangerous than your money. And so today, I want to give you, like, two foundational principles to really launch this series off, The Blessed Life. And I believe this is where God's going to have us start and just build and build and build. And it's so important for you today. Number one is this, and you're going to get an amen on this. You're going to love this one. This is for, like, unchurched people, burned church people, anybody who had experienced a church maybe 20 years ago and been back. You're going to amen this statement. And it's this, God is not after your money. Amen? Come on, dude. Like, it's a, you get excited about that. Now, the church people are like, wait a second, what's the first passage going with this, right? But God is not after your money. God is. I talk to so many people like about church, and the first thing they tell me is, "I'll go to church, but all the church wants is my money. Is after my money." I've heard so many stories of, of churches that have done this wrong, or just Christians. I don't get it. But like, can I see your W two? What? Are you out of your mind? Like that's how generosity works. I'm just going to guilt them. Or you had a, a guilty message, or you feel like you got to give a certain percentage. You got these guys who go to church, and that's come my experience with church in the past. And I just tell you, that's not our church. As a matter of fact, I don't think any of those ways of doing that is even biblical. Come on, somebody. You get excited about that. Because church, it, God doesn't need your money. God isn't after your money. God doesn't even want your money. As a matter of fact, this is what it says. You know, follow me. Psalm 50, verse 9. It says this. I have no need of a bull 
from your stall. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't need your bowl. Come on. Look at your other neighbor and say, I don't, God doesn't need your bowl. God doesn't need your bowl. This would be a great sermon title, by the way. I should have changed that. God doesn't need your bowl. But God doesn't need your stuff. God doesn't need your money. Look, it says, he doesn't need your, even the goats from your pens. He doesn't need all those. For every animal of the forest is mine. I own all the animals and the cattle on a thousand hills. I don't own a cow on one hill. And God owns a, a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. He goes, I know every bird in the mountains. I, and the insects in the fields are mine. Every insect in the world is God's. And look at this. If I were hungry, don't miss this. If I were hungry, listen. I wouldn't even tell you. Like, you're not even worthy of me asking because the world is mine. And all, that means all. That's a good one. All that is in it. Man, isn't that crazy to, to think like, man, does God need my money? I mean, does God want my money? He owns everything. I mean, the cattle on a thousand hills and the hills and the valleys. He owns everything. He doesn't need your stuff. He, he doesn't want your stuff. Matter of fact, if God was hungry, he would get up and make a sandwich because he's a big boy. He wouldn't go to you and say, I really need your bread and your peanut butter and jelly. Make me a sandwich. That's not how God works. He doesn't need our help. He doesn't need our stuff. But here's the reality. God doesn't want your money, but God wants your heart. Come on. God wants your heart. God is asking for your heart today. Listen to this verse. It's so important. Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your, help me out, treasure, where your money where your possessions, where your stuff is at, there your what? There your heart will be also. It, it's, it's something supernatural that happens. Like between your pocketbook and your money, possession and stuff, there's a supernatural connection between this and this. There's just a supernatural connection. Wherever you put that at, your heart is just, oh, got to go over here. Because this represents us. This is, this is a part of us. There's a supernatural connection between these two things. Matter of fact, that where you, the destination of your money will dictate your desires. The location of your stuff will dictate your love. Where you put your stuff is going to determine where you're at in life. Think about this. If I went to your bank account, come on, somebody, and took all your money. Now, some of you are like, that's good news because I got nothing. So you can take that. You got some debt you got to pay off. It's awesome. But a lot of us are like, man, this be a lot of money. You take my money. And I invest it all in Bitcoin, okay? Or maybe I just invest like 50% or 20 or just get 10, 5. Even if I invested 1% of your money in Bitcoin, how do you think you start feeling about Bitcoin? You'd be like, hmm, I love Bitcoin, man. It better go good. All of a sudden, you start praying for Bitcoin. You start watching, but you're like, Eli Musk, please say something about Bitcoin. Come on, Eli, drive that up. Right? All of a sudden, your, your desire is for that to be successful. And so there's a spiritual connection. Don't forget it. So I want to do a back up to the very first time you see generosity in the Bible where somebody actually gives a gift to God. Very first time you see this in the Bible. And so you find this in Genesis chapter 4. By the way, um, this is an act of worship. And who knows worship's more than three songs on Sunday morning? Come on. I mean, if you think you show up on Sunday and you do three songs and you worship, that, that's just like a little tip of the iceberg. That's a type of worship. You can actually worship better in your shower sometimes. Come on. You know, I'm just singing out. Uh, worship with your stuff and your time and your money. Worship is really just your response to who God is. It's your attitude. It's how you treat somebody. 
I mean, there's a lot. You can worship in any way possible. You're saying, oh, God, God, you're in this. But this is worshiping with giving, and you find it in Genesis chapter 4, verse 2. It says, now Abel kept his flocks. He's a shepherd, and Cain worked the soil. He was a gardener. It said, in the course of time, Cain brought some fruit from the soil as an offering. He, he gave this to the Lord. I mean, we're like one chapter in past the fall here. He's worshiping God. And Abel also brought an offering. The fat portions from some of the, what, help me out, some of the, Firstborn, that's the important word, the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel. He said, I, I, I love what you're doing here. And then it says, but on Cain, his offering, he did not look with favor. Now, don't forget, remember, there's a spiritual connection between what you have and where you store it and what God is doing in your heart. And so let's just look at the heart of Cain. What was in Cain's heart? What was Cain saying? This way he said, God What's yours is mine, and I'm going to keep it. Come on. This is, this is my stuff. Now, he, he forgot that God gave the seed for that as plants, and God gave the sunshine to grow it and the soil to put it in, but this is now mine, and, and Cain became a reservoir. And now he took the blessings of God and said, well, I'm going to keep this for myself, and when I am satisfied, I'll give you some leftovers. And God looked at him and thought, well, ain't I worth a little more than that? Like, who do you think these blessings came from, son? And Abel. Abel has a different heart for God. Let's look at Abel's heart. Here's Abel's heart. Hey, what's, what's mine is yours, and I'm going to give it. He had open hands towards God. Matter of fact, he recognized that those livestock that are multiplying, he had nothing to do with it. He recognized that the things were growing. He recognized that the land that they're grazing is all from God, and God was blessing him. And, and so he said, okay, God, you give me this, so I'm going to give back to you. I have the first of the things. It wasn't out of the last, just a hard generosity. And he didn't own any of it. I'm just managing what you're doing, God. I'm going to bless you and honor you. And God looked at him with favor. And this is what we got to do today with these families. You got to say, hey, these aren't my kids. These are God's kids. God had given them to me as a gift in this season. So worship is a response from our heart of what God has done and who he is today. So God has given us everything. We get to return these things to Jesus. We get to be a manager, a steward, an overseer of all the stuff in our lives. Think about this. If you went to ship something to your best friend, you dropped it off, I'm not going to name any companies, and you shipped it overnight, and your friend called you up two days later and said, man, I know you shipped me something, but I, I, I never got it. You'd be a little frustrated. You'd be like, okay, I paid that extra postage. What's going on? Now, you can't ever do this. It doesn't work out. But say you show up down the, down the post station, drop it off at. You get a hold of the delivery driver, and you have a conversation. You're like, man, I shipped this package. You see it? Oh, yeah, I saw it. But I thought that package was for me. Yeah, I, I, I took it home, and I, I plugged it in, and I started shaving my face with it, Right? I started watching it, whatever it was, right? And you'd be like, no, you don't understand. You're just a delivery boy. You're just passing through you. You don't own these things. This is from me to them. And for us, like, we're just a delivery boy. Come on, somebody. We're just a conduit of blessings for somebody else. We don't own anything we've got. That's just foundational. I don't, we don't like foundations, do we? Nobody sees them. Nobody goes, what a foundation. Love that foundation. But it may be the most important part of your house. It's really expensive to fix. It's bad when it doesn't go good. And this is foundational to your life. If you have the blessed life, you gotta first understand that nothing you have is yours. Amen, pastor. Preach. Because God owns it all. You're just a manager of the resources. Now, I want you to get this. The second point is just 
The short message. You guys like short messages? Amen. Come on, this is your chance. I preached long too long. This is a short one. But this is it. This is my right hook, so you better get excited about it. All right? But you got to get this, because I think this is so life-changing for you. I think God is going to, this is like the beginning of something for you. And it, I didn't get this until I was older. And to see what you're going to see today, I think is going to be just transformational. Change your trajectory of how you see yourself in living in the joy of God. Because oftentimes we're searching for something that we can't even get because God has already given to us. So here it is, I'll give it to you guys, ready? Let me take a note so you get a closer seat in heaven. Nope. All right, here it is. Your view determines your do. Your view of God determines what you do with the things of God. How you see God determines, now think about this, I'll just illustrate this really clearly. So two weeks ago we had Heart and Soul Night. And uh, Heart and Soul was about five o'clock and we set up in the morning for the gatherings and then we flipped the room and we put in tables in here and all this stuff and I, so I stayed. And I jumped in, helped all those things and then I got to run home for like 20 minutes, so I just stayed here. And I was hanging out a little bit and ran back here. And there was a Chiefs game that happened at noon. And I didn't see a single piece of it. I love watching Chiefs. So I got here and I was wearing my Chiefs shirt. I was really excited because it, I've been working out and it like kind of showed off some features, you know. You think I'm joking, but I was like, dude, this is a good shirt, you know? And so I put it on. I was like, I'm going to be, you know, I love the Chiefs, but this shirt. And uh, the first person walks in and goes, I can't believe you're wearing that shirt. What happened? Is it that bad? It's like, oh, it's bad. I was like, well, I might as well tell me the score because I'm going to find out anyway. You don't remember this game, the Titans, 27 to 3. You guys remember that? Mmm, mmm. I was like, man, what happened to the Chiefs? Like, in that moment, I think for a lot of us, I know for me, I was like, they have no more a dynasty team. Like, they, they were supposed to be, but, man, that's no offense, no defense. Like, what happened to my boys? It was like a letdown, right? And, and for the next 45 minutes, people walked in, and they're like, I took my Chiefs shirt off after halftime, you know? I couldn't show up with the Chiefs shirt on a day after that game. I turned the game off after the, after the first half down 27 to zero. I mean, you, you guys did that? I mean, a lot of you did that, right? And because you, your view determines your, your due. No longer did you view the Chiefs as a championship team. Matter of fact, you back up a year ago or two years ago, and you know, it didn't matter if they're down by 60,000 points with three seconds left, there was gonna be a Mahomes miracle. Come on, somebody. You just watched, oh, he had to watch it because like, dude, something's crazy. The wasp, come on somebody. There's gonna be this call and it's gonna change the trajectory of the season because they're a championship team. Some of you guys wait in line for a $75 hoodie to just represent the Chiefs. You couldn't wear enough Kansas City stuff because they were champions, right? Champions. I'm gonna tell you something today. Your view of God determines what you do with the things of God. And Jesus is our champion. Come on, somebody. He is the champion of all champions. And think about Cain. His view of God was like really small. He, he, went, he went to God and was like, well, I thank you for these seed and thank you for the sunshine and the rain, all these things, and now it's mine. Think about, think about how a kid thinks about possessions. Think about this. Think about this. This is how it works. What's mine is mine. I'm going to keep it. You ain't going to get it from my fingers, even if I'm not playing with it. It's my toy. If it's yours, it's mine. Come on, somebody. I'm gonna take it, it's mine. If it's near me, it's mine. If I played with it three months ago, it's mine. If it's sitting anywhere in my eyesight, it is mine. And if it's broken, it's yours, right? That, that's the law of possessions with kids. And that's like Cain, like, well, thank you. 
It's mine. But look at Abel's heart. Here's how Abel sees things. Abel looks at it and says, hey, it's not mine, it's God's because I have a big view of God because God is in control and God gave me all this and he owns all this. And if I don't have more of this, maybe I'll give back to the one who gave me the stuff to begin with because his view of God was infinite and it was big and he trusted him. I'll tell you something, there is no other joy you can get in this world and no other blessing you can get in this world than to surrender to God and say, you are totally in control and you've got this. You can try as you might, and you can fight as you want, and you can build whatever house you want to build on, whatever sand you want to put it on, but there's nothing like the foundation of Jesus. Amen? I'm telling you, think about this. Imagine taking your kid to McDonald's. Come on, you know you all love McDonald's fries secretly. Come on, somebody. You do. They're just like, mm, there's something about these fries. Even though I shouldn't like these fries, it's just sinful, right? But I do believe one day you'll go to heaven, there'll be McDonald's fries, and, and there'll be righteousness, right? And it'll be healthy, you know, make you thin, like make you fit like Dan over here. That's what he, Dan, Dan, yeah, right? You get McDonald's fries? He does. He said, yes, he does. Called out, buddy. Called out. She told me on stage, I was like, dude, I can't get my arms around you. She goes, I keep him in line. Yeah, I know how it goes, right? But you know, you buy those McDonald's fries, you get that happy meal for your kid, and then you start smelling the fries, you didn't get some for yourself. You try to be healthy, you got that nasty salad soaked in sugar, but it's still like, I'm trying to be healthy, but it's McDonald's salad still. Whatever, right? That's me. And I smell that fry, I'm like, dude, and you reach over to take the fry from your kid, and what, what's your kid do? Those are mine! <gasps> Get away from my fries! And you're like, really? Really? I just wanna, really? Like, you don't realize I bought those fries. You don't understand this, son. Those are my fries. I'm just letting you eat them. Those are mine. You, you know, you get that, like, what are you thinking, right? I'm in control. Like, I can take these if I want them and put them in the trash can and nobody eats big fries, right? Or you don't understand that I could go and order a thousand things of fries and just bury you in fries. You have no idea. Wouldn't that be a way to go? Just bury you in fries. Pastor Petrie died by suffocating in fries. People try to rescue me. I'm like, no, just get away. Let me go. <laughs> it's like the squirrel with the, with the acorn. Right? I mean, just these blessings that God gives us. And we're like, no, 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 it's mine. This is how people think that they possess it. It's like, no, I'm just letting you borrow the fries. You know what's really interesting about this? Is that God just wants to sit down and share some fries with you. Like, is that weird? Like, when you just went with your son, be like, can I just share this with you? Like, we can order more fries. I just wanna be with you. And God wants to use you. Isn't it amazing to think about that of all the things that God could do, he chooses to think of us. Names every star. Somebody told me this this morning. And he still knows your name. Like, who are we? The infinite God of the universe would think of me. And wants to be with me. And as you grow in your faith, you realize that God just doesn't love the nice parts of you and all the things you have together. But he loves every part of you. And there's no blessing deeper than the blessing of spending time with Jesus. But he wants you. He wants your heart. Do you think God is going to bless people he can share fries with? Come on. I mean, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, seeking his heart is, is towards him. And if God had to pick somebody to use, I bet he's going to stop and say, there's somebody who's a conduit of blessings. If you want God to use your life, you got to get low and say, God, use me. God, I'm, I'm just your servant. 
Think of James. The book of James starts with, I'm a bondservant of Jesus. This is the half-brother of Jesus. He says, I'm a bondservant. It means a slave. I'm just a slave to God. I'm going to get down low. I'm going to start rowing the ship. Wherever you're coming to go, God, just put me in. I love people coming on the dream team. They're like, put me in, coach. I just want to serve God. I don't care what I'm doing. I'm wiping toilets, wiping butts in the nursery. Come on, somebody. I don't care what I'm doing for Jesus. Just put me in. And that's the greatest place you can be. We're not special because we hold a microphone on stage. I'm not a professional. I'm just a guy that shows up and says, hey, God, I, just want love. I love Jesus. I just want you to know Jesus. And today you get to be a part of the story. This is really cool. Is that Jesus is our champion. You guys agree Jesus is our champion? I mean, he is the champion of all champions. There'll be one day, this is amazing, that uh, we are riding around in the triumphal procession with Jesus. Back in the Roman culture, the Roman generals, they would take over a city or a, a section or region, whatever, and they would win and be victorious, and they'd come back. It's a real thing. Look it up. Google, come on. And they'd go back to the Rome, and they would pull on a big parade. And the emperor and the senators and all the generals and all the who's who's and, and the people align the streets and march down the streets. This is the victor. This is our champion. And we get to be in the triumphal procession of Jesus, to ride in the parade like a senator because we played a part of the story of God because Jesus is our champion who defeated sin as far as the east is from the west. Like he's in charge of all of it. He thinks of us. And we can do something very special. We get to return what God has given to us. And we get to cheer on the champion. Check this out in 2 Corinthians 9. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. This is pretty obvious. If you, don't plant, if you plant a little amount of seeds, you're gonna get a little back. But it says, whoever sows generously, whoever puts a lot of effort in, whoever puts a lot of seeds in the ground will reap generously. You know, honestly, when you start giving to God, it's kind of the most selfish thing you can do. Come on, somebody. Because God just starts blessing it. And you're like, man, I can't believe that God is using my life. I've had so many people in this church that said, I'm gonna trust God. I'm, I just gave a little bit. And, and God just did this in my life. And then I started giving and God let me do this. And, and it's not always about stuff. Like sometimes God doesn't bless you with stuff. But God uses it to multiply somebody else's life. But listen to the verse. I could get ahead of myself. It says, each of you should give as you decide in your heart to give. I ain't telling you what to give. Ask God what he wants you to give. The church is telling you about that. Give out of your heart, not reluctantly. Don't wait for somebody to twist your arm or under compulsion because you feel guilty to do it. For God loves a what? He loves a, he loves a cheerful giver. Because here's the thing. When you give to God, this is so awesome. It's like you're saying, go God. Man, can't wait to see you take the victory. Oh, something major is about to happen. I know it looks like there's not a miracle and it's all defeated and God's not gonna show up, but dude, I'm just putting some seed out there. I'm just gonna throw, throw my bread upon the water and see what God's gonna do. And God shows up. You're just preparing the miracle. You're just literally waiting to see God because you know he's already in control. He's a victor. There's no loss in this. Man, Barry, the way you ended the first gathering was phenomenal. Like, you, you know, you confess in Jesus, you always get a return. Come on, somebody. Because God's going to do something. My preaching is better than you guys' response. That was weak. Come on, somebody. Stepping on my wallet book today, Pastor. Dude, it's nothing to do about your money. Because I told you, your wallet is connected to your heart. Your heart. It's all about your heart. Here's the thing about Cain. What they gave reflected more about their view of God than about themselves or God. When they gave small, it's because they had a small view of God. And when he gave his first and his best, because he had a big view of God. So the question is, how big is your view of God? It has nothing to do about your money. It's about surrender to Jesus. And when you give to God, this is said, God is able to what? To bless you abundantly. I love this. So that in all things, 
in all times. And having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Jesus is the supplier. And when you give it back to him, he supplies you with more. And you give it back to him, he supplies you with more. And then you give it back to him, he supplies you with more. And all of a sudden, God starts increasing your influence. He starts increasing the, the impact you make. He starts growing more plants and more seeds. You know the best fruit is somebody else's tree? Because you planted it, and then God grew it. And then that person was like, man, God used my life, and then they plant themselves in somebody else, and they give to something, and they pour their life out on something, and then another tree grows, and you're sitting back here, grandparents, where's my grandparents? Come on, somebody. And you're like, dude, this is awesome. It's like the best season, right? I don't know how to, they're acting up, I give them sugar it up, and I hand them back to the parent, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, there is an off switch, it's you. There you go, you take them. And you get to watch that seed multiply over and over and over again, and what's really cool, you get to experience this when you walk in here. If you, if you are part of we. If you are part of what God is doing, you can walk here on Sunday and look around and be like, I'm proud of this place. Man, this is cool what God's doing. I can't believe I get to play a part of this story. So here's what I want you to do. This is a challenge. I want you to ask God to be part of this. We've already kind of set this up, so you don't necessarily have to be part of this. We're doing it anyway. But I'm going to ask you to be a part of it. We are going to act like each of you give $10 today, and we're going to give it away. And for the next three weeks, we're going to share a video of how we gave away the money you may or may not give that God, that God asked you to give. And we're gonna just bless people because I want you to see what God can do just with a little bit, okay? Just a little bit. If we all gave $10, now I'm not asking you, I'm asking you to ask God, but I want you to see what God can do because you're gonna come here and celebrate. We've been thinking about this. I just sprang this on my team. I said, dude, I think God's gonna do something big because you're gonna start seeing what God can do by multiplying just a little bit of seed. Here's what $10 looks like. Since I had crazy up here, all the crazy kids, right? I didn't get a chance to grab my, my scooters. Come on, hook me up. This is phenomenal scooters right here. We love scooters. Just me. It's great. This has been here since, uh, yeah, 6 30 this morning. It's phenomenal. If I die today, you know why. But th this is about $10, okay? It's like $7.50. We're close. But this is what $10 looks like. And I just want you to see what happens when all of us participate or whatever. We're going to pretend you did. If you don't, that's fine. And we're going to say, okay, what can God do with just a little bit? And so the next three weeks, we're going to show a video during our generosity time and say, look what God could do through you. So what I love to do is be a part of the ground floor where God's doing. Come on, somebody. That's just me. Because I can look at it. We started with nothing. I just dick to generosity because there's nothing more that blesses you in your life than being part of the story of God. And for some of you today, you've probably never, maybe never given before. Okay? And if you're new to us, I'm not asking you to give. Okay? You're not, don't call real life home, dude, this isn't for you. You call real life home, ask God, what is he asking you to do? Because you get a part of the story of what God is writing. Now, some of you guys have been incredibly faithful, incredibly generous, and you give and whatever, and we love that, and we're grateful for that, but you know, it just multiplies. And so, commit, be here the next three weeks, and see what God is gonna do through your generosity. See what happens when you get a bigger view of God, and you say, okay, God, I'm gonna give you the first of my stuff, and I'm gonna kinda be regular, and I'm gonna kinda start seeing what he's gonna do. I'm interested to see this blessed life. What's God gonna do through this? I mean, it's just amazing. So this is just foundational. You guys ready to get up past the footing to see what God's gonna do? Are you guys excited to see what happens with $10 a piece? Come on, it's gonna be really cool. It sounds like, hmm, interesting. What's God gonna do? And I've already seen some of the stories. I'm like, dude, this is crazy phenomenal. So today I want to pray for you guys. You guys bow your head and close your eyes. How many of you would say, you know what, I just need a bigger view of God today. I walked in here and I wasn't thinking about Jesus, but today I realized, man, God is way bigger than I think, and I need to get a bigger view of him. 
Like I need to trust him with my stuff. I need to recognize that he is in control and he owns everything. I've kind of missed that in a season of my life. But today I recognize God. I need a bigger view of God. That's you. Just raise your hand high. I'm be looking around. I need a bigger view of God. Come on, put those hands up in this place. That's you. Come on, put them up. I need a bigger view of God. I see your hands. I see your hands all across the place. I'm gonna pray for you, Father God. I pray that we would see you the way you meant to us for see you. God, that you are infinite, that you're in control. God, I pray you'd be conduits of blessings. God, we just rivers of blessings. God, that you wouldn't, we're not giving because we want us to give something to us, but God, we know that's how it works. But God, we're giving because you gave to us first. God, you sent your son for us, for you so loved the world that you gave. And so today we're giving back to you. And I pray that those that raise their hands and that you're working on their hearts today, just say yes to you. This greatest thing you could ever surrender is your life. And say, God, you can have my life, my days, my stuff is not mine, it's yours. My life is not mine. You can give me breath. God, you can have your breath back today. God, I pray for one more group of people in the house that say, you know what, I recognize today that Jesus is the champion. I've got this wrong. I've been doing it myself. I thought I was a champion. I thought this other person was a champion. But today I recognize, man, that my house is really like a, like a house of cards and that Jesus is in control and I need him. The Bible says that whoever confesses the mouth of the Lord Jesus and believes in the heart that God raised him dead will be saved. And so this is your moment. If you need to recognize that Jesus is your champion, that you need to change your life and put on a foundation that you can build on. You need Jesus, you need forgiveness, you need hope, you need a real relationship with God. Today we can help you with that. If that's you, we just raise your hand high. I thought I'd be looking around and say, man, I need Jesus today. Come on, put your hand up. Let me say, I need Jesus, say hands. It's amazing, anybody else use your time? I need Jesus. Just pray this prayer. This prayer doesn't save you, but this is your heart towards God. Just cry out to God and say, God, thank you for being the champion. God, thank you for being in control. Thank you for thinking of me, for all the things you could be doing. You love me. So God, thank you for dying across for my sins. Thank you, God, for giving your best when I was at my worst. And today I serve you, and I gladly hand my life to you. Take it and use it. Pour it out. Use me as an arrow to be shot in this culture. Whatever I have, God, is yours. I surrender to you. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give it up to God, our champion today. Come on. Hey, man, if you're with us in person or you're following along online and you made that decision for God, I want you guys to know we are so excited for you. You just made the best decision that you ever could have. It's going to change not only this life, but it's going to change eternity for you guys. So I've got a couple great next steps for you. First of all, let us know about your decision by texting RLNEXT to 97000. What we'll do is have a team member reach out to you over the phone. Their whole job is just to resource you, love you, answer any questions you've got because we know you're going to have some. We want to walk this path with you. We don't want you to do life alone. We'll do anything we can to help you. So let us know about your decision. The second great next step is this. On your way out of the worship center, if you're with us in person, at the back, there's a white table, some red bags. Pick one of those up. Inside that bag, there's a Bible. There's a link to some other great resources. It's just an awesome way to get started off on the right foot. Can I tell you again, we are so excited for you. We can't wait to hear from you this week. As Pastor Sean was talking about uh, generosity and, and connecting our wallet with our hearts, man, it just there's so many things that flooded through my mind. Some of them good, some of them bad, because maybe you're like me. Maybe you were like me. I went to some churches where they use guilt, shame, fear, and looked at like giving money to God like a bill. And nobody likes to pay that water bill, especially if you live in Belton, right? And that's what we look like. This is what we this is what we thought of, you know, this is what I thought of when I was giving back to God. But man, God grew me and challenged me. And I, I got that connection eventually that what I'm giving 
It's not about what I owe God. It's an opportunity to invest in God's kingdom. And Sean was talking about what I told the first crew was this, is like, there's nobody in this room, if you could go back in time and had the opportunity to invest in Apple or Google or Bitcoin at the beginning, that wouldn't take that chance. We come across those all the time, but we're scared because they have no promise that we will get a return. We're scared that we're going to lose our money and throw it away. But when you invest in God's kingdom, there's absolutely no risk because the risk that you have is missing out. And I don't want to have that regret in my life. And when I've taken that opportunity, man, the way God just moves and just blesses people's lives, here at Real Life, you'll see that week in and week out. We're going to have the Hope Center coming up. We get to invest in that. We get to invest in people's lives through counseling and life change. These stories that are coming up over the next three weeks, man, I can't wait to hear what happens. So like Pastor Sean said, I want to encourage you guys, just see what God has for you guys if, you're, if you call Real Life home. Take that $10 over the next three weeks and just see what God does in their lives. So in real life, you can, uh, you can invest in people's lives in three different ways. The first one is by going online at reallifechurchkc.com. Number two, you can text any amount to 84321. Or if you want to use cash or check, there's a giving box at the back of the worship center. Hey, take a sec, check out this video. Hello, this is Diamond. Thank you so much for coming out today. We are so excited to have you. Heart and Soul Night was amazing. We had so much fun. Thank you guys for calling Real Life home and making it a home for others. Please check out this quick snippet of what happened that night. Bell says, on this rock, come on somebody. On this rock, I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now I told you I was watching Die Hard. I'm telling you, the church and die are something common. Because no matter how crazy the world gets, how messed up things get, and things don't seem like it's going to work out, and your families are all whatever, and this and this and this, dude, the church will not die, amen? amen. Come on. I mean, it's kind of crazy. No matter what gets thrown at it, I mean, I've been sitting there like, die hard. I don't know what it is, but I'm watching it. But God has his hand over the church. And God's going to use the church to make a difference in the world. And he's using you guys to do that here in our church through the local church. So I'm extremely grateful for each of you. I mean, ultimately, for your love for Jesus. I mean, just inspired by the way you guys love each other, inspired by the way you love your families, I'm inspired by how much you love our church. I mean, you guys are like the tip of the spear. I mean, we would not be doing what we do without each and every one of you on this team. And what you do is probably a lot more bigger than what you know or what you think. It makes a huge, huge difference. And so I believe God left you here on a mission. I believe God put you here in this moment of time, and he puts you here in this season, in this generation, in this tough season of 2020, 2021, on purpose. This tough chief's season on purpose. There's a reason. And what I love the most about you guys is that you didn't wait for somebody else to step up. You didn't say, oh, there's a thing I could do, but somebody else can do that. You guys moved from like a spectator to the participant. You're like, I'm gonna get in the game. Like, I, I know somebody else may do this, but God's called me to do this. And you guys have stepped up in so many big ways. What an amazing highlight from that night. So looking forward to finding more of the clips on Facebook. If you are looking to call real life home and make it a home for others, Crash Course is happening today. Connect to your God-given purpose and join Pastor Sean and Diane today. Go to reallifechurchkc.com right now, scroll down to the red section and sign up for the crash course right now. And I know you heard me say right now, I really mean like right now, because if you're a memory, 
is as bad as mine, you're probably gonna forget right when you leave. So just pull out your phone right now, like right now, right now, and sign up. Well, I can't wait to see you and a friend next week at Real Life Church. Thank you guys for coming today. Talk to you soon, bye. Those of you that were heart and soul, was that an awesome night that night? Man, it was so cool just hanging out with the dream team. If you want to be a part of that dream team, man, Crash Course is the way to do that. Get signed up, come hang out with us today. Love to see you there. Hey, if you need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. Can't wait to see you guys again next week at 9:30 and 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you next week. <laughs>